Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. Sports fans are always on the lookout for another new sport that excites them. And we haven't had a new one really in quite a while. But there's one out there that's it's not brand new, but uh, people are just finding out about it. It's called Ultimate Disc, specifically the American Ultimate Disc League. We're going to talk to the commissioner of the league, Steve Hall. Uh, Steve, first of all, before we even get started... Tell people exactly how it works, because we've always heard about Ultimate Frisbee and all that. How does this uh, sport actually work, and how do you score points in it? Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of people have played, you know, Frisbee on the beach. They've tossed around, you know, in college or those places. This is basically seven on seven. We play on a football field, and you kind of kick off. You would call pulling the disc from one team to the other. You pass it to each other. Um, but when you catch it, kind of like basketball, you have to – you know, establish a pivot foot, a little bit like soccer where you can move it left, right, up and down the field, and a little bit like football is when you catch in the end zone, you score a point. And then from there, you kick off to the other team. So it's four-time quarters, a lot like football, high score wins, typical scores like 24 to 21 at the end of one of our games. Well, you know, and it's really caught on because people have seen it as part of like ESPN Sports Center and so forth. And they're starting to say, hey, that's really cool because you see some incredible athletic ability out there, don't you? I mean, really at the level of all other sports out as well. Absolutely, Steve. Man, when I was, when it was my day playing this game, 5'10, you know, probably a 4'8, 40, I was an average guy. Now we've got 6'2, 210 guys who can run 4'5, 40s with 30 inch vertical. So, the athleticism has gone off the charts, and like you said, ESPN has started to go, hey, this is pretty cool, and even got some You Got, you got Moss segments, which is, uh, which is really nice as well. Yeah, and, and let's talk, you did this for a while, you, you didn't do it as a pro, but you did this uh, in college and so forth. Uh, talk a little about how you played back then, and what led you to the professional leagues, and really, I think this is a great idea, because I think the sport really lends itself well to stadiums and so forth. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's always been a, a great sport, bringing people together kind of in a social atmosphere. And it's, it's a lifestyle sport like tennis and golf. I mean, at 55, I play now. I'm going to play on a world's team in Ireland in June. So it's something you can play all throughout your life. But, you know, nowadays, um, you know, we go from kind of this club concept. We kind of play for each other. You know, it's a, it's a pay-to-play scheme. The players watch each other. They're saying, hey, we've got something cool here. I bet your fans would pay come watch one of these games and that's really what we built with the AUDL and creating kind of a pro concept where fans pay to come watch you know four quarters of some really good excitement fans really do need to check it out because they hear frisbee and they remember playing it as a kid and like you say you can have some fun with it you take your dog out there what you guys are doing on the field in this league though is a whole cut above in the same way that flag football with a bunch of guys that you know from around the neighborhood isn't the same thing as going and watch the NFL Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people know disc golf, right? And um, people say, hey, I got a disc. Go grab a four-pack IPA, head out to the woods. You know, we'll kind of toss the disc around at these little baskets. 
and that's fun, you know, and our guys like to play in the off season, but this really is a hardcore, I call it pure athleticism, where it's speed, it's hops, you know, you've got, we've got the Tyreek Hills of the world, you know, we've got some Gronkowskis out there, and um, it's a lot of fun, and, you know, it's uh, some good highlights, and uh, Fox Sports loves it, ESPN loves it, and, you know, picking up a lot more fans. Well, now that we're talking about this, I think a lot of people hear this and say, okay, I want to go out and check it out. Now, tell us a little about the league. There's, what, 25 teams in, in the league? Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. We cover four corners of North America. So we go from Seattle to San Diego, Tampa to Montreal. 25 teams, four divisions, probably have 28 next year. Um, and we uh, we have a Final Four championship. So, you know, we've got a lot of guys out there. We touch all corners of the North America. So, um, you know, and, and again, we're, we're putting on Fox Sports now. They picked us up. So you'll be able to see us live on Saturday nights. And we also live stream it on our proprietary platform called AODL.TV. All right. So how often do, they, uh, do the league play? I mean, is it like once a week, twice a week? And, and you, you mentioned Saturday night on Fox, which is really exciting. When is the season, too, for this? Yeah, so it's, we're kind of a late spring-summer sport. So we start basically May 1st. Uh, these guys play 12 regular season games, run through the end of July, and then we have our off season, our postseason in August. So we're trying to get everything done before football kicks in, you know, at end of August. Then we have our championship weekend last weekend of August. Um, you know, we want to get the media exposure. And we also, as people are thinking about betting and, you know, having some fun with our sport, we want to make sure we, we grab their attention. Well, yeah, it's perfect for betting, too. I mean, I think the timing of that is ideal because – I think it closely associates itself with football. Now, you don't have the, the violent hits or anything the, the way they do in the NFL, but at the same time, it's similar type scoring. It's that similar 100-yard field thing, and it, it strikes me that uh, it's just one of those sports that kind of lends itself well. You know, if you're one of these people that think baseball is a little slow, well, trust me, this sport is not slow. This, that's true, and that's exactly what we went for. We, we built this for the modern media and sports entertainment world so you know we pack it into two hours um it's fast paced you know every when you pull when you throw it from one end to the other you know you're going to have a score at the end so you know, we generate a lot of statistics you know yardage thrown yards received passes blocks goals d's so you know the gambling world the game yeah. world is really picking this up because we generate a lot of stats and you know those are prop bets and fun bets you can make on the game. Yeah, well, I, I know from, because uh, we're located in Las Vegas, and we can tell you th this is a good fit because there's so many different ways that you can bet on it. Plus, it's one of those things, I think it lends itself eventually to once these uh, players start getting known throughout the nation, it lends itself to a fantasy game as well. Absolutely. And that's, you know, part of what we're trying to do is have, make sure before we put out really complicated fantasy leagues like you see in, you know, basketball and, and football and such, we want to make sure we have really accurate measurements. So right now the yards thrown, yards received aren't where we need to be in terms of accuracy, but you're starting to see some real basic fantasy, you know, games being put together. DraftKings did free-to-play pools last year. They also started putting some lines out on the game. So just starting to scratch the surface there, but I think you're going to see it pick up steam a lot in the next year or two. Okay, so what do people have to know? Because I remember uh, I'm a big hockey fan from when I was a little kid, and one of the things that people had a problem with was learning these things like icing and offsides. And once they figured it out, it really wasn't that complicated. But once you figure it out, then you can really enjoy the game. So what do you need to know about you know the ultimate disc to really understand exactly uh, what's going on in the field besides, like you said, the scoring back and forth? Yeah. But, you know, it's a pretty simple game. I mean, you know, you, you throw the disc, you catch the disc. Um, there's, there's no offsides. You can guard people. So, 
you got to know when you catch it, you've got to come to a stop. You've got to establish a pivot. Just like basketball, you can't get it, otherwise you travel, and you kind of have to go back to the spot. Um, and then, you know, you can double-team. But otherwise, it's a, it's a pure game where it is speed, athleticism, and guys are just balling it and going hard out and, uh, you know, just trying to score a, score a goal at the other end. Well, yeah, and the interesting thing I find, too, is – as you say, it's a it's a fast game, so you do need speed. But just like other sports, too, that alone is not going to work. You got to understand the nuances of this game. And boy, when you see somebody out there that's really good at it, you figure that out right away. Yeah, and you know we we have um, you know obviously what separates us from others is the disc. It's you know we, we don't have a ball in our game. Uh, we call it flat balling sometimes with the disc. And so what really separates the rookies from the veterans is learning how to bend that disc, you know, we just kind of an outside in, inside out, we call a hammer, which is over the top throw. So that's what you really learn how to do over time. You know, obviously if you're six, four and have a 40 inch vertical, I can find a spot for you on a team, <laughs> but you know, yeah. the really good guys make these crazy, crazy throws. And, and that's what makes it a lot of fun watching the disc fly through the air. Well, in the development of the athlete, I know you have leagues now uh, in the middle and in high school levels. And, of course, this is great because people know they're not they're not going to get caught. But, you, you know, there's injuries like there is everywhere else. But it's not like football or even baseball where you can blow out your arm and you're not even in uh, the minors yet. But are we going to eventually see a time, do you foresee, like where the colleges pick this up and you kind of have a draft and do that sort of thing the way we're familiar, like in football or basketball? Absolutely. I mean, there's already thousands of club teams across universities and colleges, not only in the United States and Canada, but this is a global game, um, which is great. And it's, you know, it's not a D1, D2, it's not NCAA recognized, which is right now in our favor, right? Um, yeah. We can be a lot more flexible. And we do think eventually there will be a draft, um, you know, someday, and that's what we plan on. But, you know, right now we watch these guys pretty closely. We have college players on our pro teams, which is nice, having that flexibility without the NCAA there. Yeah. Um, so it'll get there. <laughs> no question about it. Now, you know, you mentioned internationally. Do you foresee a time where, like in the world of soccer, where people are coming over and maybe some team from Europe or from Asia or something comes over and plays and they have, like, exhibitions and so forth? Uh, absolutely. In fact, we're, we're working on a couple things. Um, one, we've already started to show our games on Eurosport uh, in India ESPN in Latin America and Oceania. And, um, in fact, what we are working on right now, we're going to take three teams down to Medellin, Colombia, uh, for our first preseason showcase. A little bit like the NFL does, you know, going over to yeah. London. Now, those are regular season matches. But we're actually going to go down there, kind of bring our pro style down on their turf. But, you know, we are already bringing players in from France, from uh, Latin America, from Asia. You know, a few guys coming over and starting to play. But down the road, I see a pro league in Europe, pro league in Central South America, pro league in Asia, and we're going to have the first ever World Cup of Ultimate, hopefully in about four or five years. Steve, i got to say, I love listening to you because it kind of reminds me of the old, old days where Al Davis was the commissioner of the AFL, and you, you got to have that vision. So as, as you see this thing, I mean, okay, you've got the Fox Sports thing, so obviously TV is going to be crucial, and I think the sport lends itself well to that. Uh, is things like merchandising, I know you're a co-owner of the team, the Atlanta Hustle, which I think is a cool name. Is, is that part of it, too, is getting people familiar with it and, and kind of give us an idea like where would you like to see this in say five years yeah no, that's a great question you mentioned earlier you know making the players into brands i mean you know you, you know lebron you know steph you know tom brady 
And that's where we want to go. We want to get these guys being known as brands. And so you see this, like, oh, that's a really cool design. You know, who is the hustle? Who are the aviators, the union? And then, yeah, I saw this guy on, uh, on you know, you got Moss segment. Wow, I want to get one of those jerseys. So we actually just uh, started a partnership with a company called Legends, um, owned by Jerry Jones, the Steinbrenner family, and Six Street Capital. And, you know, we're hoping to work with them to, you know, do some of these things like you talked about, getting smart on merchandise, working with sponsors. And, you know, as our name gets out there in the bigger world, you know, we're going to use them to help us kind of optimize the economic opportunity. You know, you mentioned LeBron, Tom Brady, and in an earlier time like Joe Namath. Is that something where you guys kind of look around as league owners and you're, you're hoping to find somebody that's got that kind of charisma? doesn't necessarily mean they've got to be popping off all the time or anything, but just it kind of draws people to them where – it kind of can be like, like you say, you talk about a brand, but maybe like a brand for the entire sport, you know, for all the athletes, they, they, you immediately go to one particular player, that kind of thing. Absolutely, because it, it is, it's all about brain. It's all about the story, as you know well, right? Everybody wants to hear the stories. And so that's part of what we're working on is, you know, finding guys not only that are interesting and great athletes, but have an interesting story. You know, where did they grow up? Um, you know, how did they get to where they are now? Why did they play this versus, you know, if you're 6'2", 210", you could have played football, basketball. You know, you probably could have played one of the major sports. So, um, you know, there's a few of these guys, and, they, and they're embracing it. You know, some guys are shy. So that's what we're trying to figure out, and then kind of pump them up, get them out there, you know, get their face. We're working on a video game right now, the first ever Ultimate video game. And, uh, you know, part of that is getting their face out there in the video game as well so the, the kids are enjoying them. You know, I got to tell you, Steve, a lot of attention is given to esports. People talk about it, whether it's in Vegas and so forth. Between you and I, I don't get it. But this makes sense to me because it's a combination of the best of both worlds. It's true athletes out there, yet everybody could play this at some level. So you're kind of comfortable with it. I mean, we don't all know what it's like to play football, but this you can you can kind of do. Plus, I, I just think if you've got guys uh, this type of sport. You're not going to get some of the injuries that you get in other sports, which means you got your best players out there most of the time too. You got to be excited for what's ahead in the next uh, few decades. I, I agree, and listen, you know, uh, obviously, I mean, my kids, my I've got two boys, uh, love football, love lacrosse, but you know, a lot of parents are concerned about CTE. So this is a great sport; it gets the kids out. It's team based, um, you know, so it checks all those boxes for the moms and dads. But mm-hmm. you know, you asked the question about where we see this in five years. I mean, you know, the virtual world and the physical world are all coming together. So our vision is we have this great physical game called Ultimate, already exists. It's great as is. We're, com- you know, we're creating a video game. And then with things like non-fungible tokens, you start to have this interchange between the physical world and the virtual world. So kids can watch it. They can go play it. They, they can go, you know, pick it up on their video game. They have non-fungible tokens that they're buying and their favorite player and that favorite player gives them superpowers in the video game. And it's just this incredible ecosystem now that we're creating in the sports entertainment world that, you know, blows away the kinds of things you and I did growing up. We're going to watch this really carefully. I think there's a lot of future for this. I'm excited about it. Uh, one last question, though. Is this a sport, too, for women? It's been a lot of conversation back and forth. But bottom line is it seems like there could be some, at least like at the college level or maybe in the uh, high school and middle school level, where you could have uh, women's teams or the, the right uh, fit uh, women players. Uh, well, well, we'll scoop you on this. There's already two professional women's leagues in the United States right now. The uh, Premier Ultimate League and the Western Ultimate League, kind of east of the Rockies and west of the Rockies. And the great thing about Ultimate, not only 
are you have kind of uh, men's or we call open. Mm-hmm. You have women's, but you also have mixed. And so Ultimate's kind of grown up already having mixed. And I think when you look at the 2028 Olympics, if, you know, my crystal ball is, is uh, pretty clear, I think when you see Olymp- Ultimate, hopefully in the Olympics in 2028, it'll probably be a mixed team, both men and women, same time on the field. That's really exciting. Well, Steve Hall, let's stay in touch because I'd love to have you on again right before your Final Four and talk about that. And really, we'll start to get an idea of what are the top teams and who are the top players. Uh, it's the American Ultimate Disc League. You can go on. What's, what's the website for this? Theaudl.com. You want to check it out. It's fascinating. Steve, thank you so much. Really enjoyed chatting with you. My pleasure. Thanks, Stephen. Let's go.